Stephen Cluxton is on the pitch. He is togged out for Dublin. Are you sure he's not a mascot, Joe? I am 100% sure he's not a mascot. Stephen Cluxton is part of the Dublin panel today. I'm surprised as anyone, Joe. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Alright, you're very welcome along. It is finally Thursday. All week long I've been telling you folks that it's Thursday, but today is finally the day. It is Thursday. You're welcome along to OTBAM. We'd love to hear from you. 0879-180-180 is the WhatsApp number. If the phone is plugged in or charged, a little bit of controversy around the office about the phone not being charged. No, I mean, you know, no, we're not we're not throwing anybody under the bus here, Colm, are we? Colm's here, good morning to you. Hi, Jar. Shane's here. Shane, good morning to you. Good morning, folks. How are things? So, uh, Arsenal beat Bayern Munich 2-0 last night. Katie McCabe, absolutely starring role as they head into the semi-finals of the Champions League. And then she gets hacked down, brutally. It's great. Hacked down. This isn't isn't too close to the World Cup for us to be worried, is it? Mm, What are we now doing, Matt? Three and a half months out to the first game, July 20th. Nervous waiting for the scan this morning. about the scan today. Mm. Katie herself posted on Twitter. After the match, uh, she was obviously delighted with her performance there. She's on the screen for people who can see. She's in the protective boot on crutches. And smiling. She reveals, smiling, yeah. delighted. The caption reflects that. And then she said, scan is tomorrow, i.e. today. Uh, then tomorrow, Vera Pau names her squad for the USA back-to-back friendlies, which her own Kathleen McNamee will be at covering. And hopefully then we'll find out the extent of the injury. But um, she was fantastic last night. The cross in for the second goal, the drop of the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Blackstenius, who was missing a lot of chances, couldn't miss that, headed in. Then McCabe nearly, herself nearly scored one of the goals of the season in the second half when she cut in twice from the left wing. and Right-footed shot, went wide of the near post, but was brilliant. And then the 87th minute clash with Emlyn Loren, the Bayern Munich substitute. Uh, it'll probably you'll see it in the rounds again on screen here if you can see it you can see the clash of the feet between both players so hopefully it's just an impact injury i.e. badly bruised is probably the best case or maybe a slight fracture or something but look it's all speculation at the moment until yeah. we see the scan Mark McAdam was making the point there on that tweet that uh, similar injury to uh, Evan Ferguson is obviously left in a boot he was back 10 days 14 days yeah. later so um, we'd, we'd, we'd actually is it I mean, look, obviously you want your best players to play in the friendlies for Ireland for them to get into a groove. But at the same time, if somebody else has to step in and step up and be a leader for us over the, the friendlies, it's not a complete disaster. You would take missing the friendlies as opposed to missing any time in the World Cup, obviously. It could be like a Johnny Sexton. Don't play. Please don't play for Leinster for the rest of the season. Just play for the World Cup. Kitty, like, even if you're fine, Kitty, just don't, don't play anymore. Maybe I'm, play the World Cup warm-up games. I'm definitely glass half following this this morning so we'll, we'll talk more about that a little bit later on but uh, a big big win for Arsenal hopefully she's back for this semi-final two legs and hopefully you know she's heading into the World Cup with the uh, Champions League medal winner in her pocket which would be fairly sensational um, there's a couple of other things I want to talk about uh, Marcus Cashford right this is the back page of the Mirror see what they did there United has a tab of the morning to you Maybe not. Uh, United hesitate as England A's ask for 500 grand per week to stay at Old Trafford right so Marcus Rashford, you said, took to Instagram? Yeah, he took to Instagram to deny these uh, these reports, I guess, if you want to call them reports. He said... Uh, That's definitely a report. Well, he said last night, just before this one starts to do the rounds, <coughs> it's complete nonsense. The club and myself have been respectful to one another, and that's how it will remain. My focus is purely on finishing as well as possible in the league and winning trophies. Is Marcus Rashford within his rights to ask for 500 grand a week? 
bearing in mind where we are with respect to how much people are making at various clubs around the world. And the potential sale of the club. I don't know, is this, does that mean it's a good time or a bad time to ask for more money? I don't know. Uh, it depends who comes in, I guess. But well, it's a good question, right? Because if you're, if, you're, if you're bidding to buy the club and you're, you're best player of the season is on the way out, you're like, hang on a second, just protect my assets there. Yeah. Or you're like, well, we'll take the money from the sale. Who, who would take the cash from any sale? Would that be the last bit of money pocketed by the outgoing crew? Or, you know, so all of that would need to be worked out in the, in the uh, buyer-seller agreement thing. Um, well, he's the number one name at the club, so the owner, the prospective new owners need to be like, uh, well, just, just double-checking here, is Marcus Rashford all right? Is his wage situation okay? Is his contract uh, up for, like, I mean, will he stay? It's, it's similar to a manager taking over at Tottenham and, as you said, deciding and focusing on whether or not Harry Kane will be there next season because you don't want to be the man who takes over and he leaves. So I think it's the same in the Rashford situation. You've got you to just double-check. I do, I, you know, I, I think first off, like 500 grand, right? It seems like an awful lot of money, but it's not an awful lot of money compared to what some of the other players in world football are getting paid at the moment and particularly in the form that he's in. So now is the time. It wouldn't be that outrageous, I guess, is what I'm saying for him to be asking for 500 grand. No. It wouldn't be that outrageous, Man United, to pay something close to that, would it? No. I, I, it, see, the thing is, is he going to play at this level for the rest of his career? If he does, then you're thinking, I don't care because he'll qualify us for the Champions League season after season with 27, 30, 35 goals a year. You know what's really smart? Because he probably will get something like half a million a week in his new contract because he's come out and said, oh, that's ridiculous that I asked for that. I would never ask for that. What are you on about? And then yeah. you're either like, actually, Marcus, you're so humble and you're so brilliant. You are worth it. If you're, if you're Paris Saint-Germain, mm and you're saying they're only going to pay him three or four hundred grand. We can we can do that. Yeah. Are you thinking? Uh, or if you're Real Madrid, are you like, why why would we sign somebody who's older for more money when we can get this guy? He's 25, Rashford. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like again. It's really good positioning for Marcus Rashford. I would say, and I think he's within his rights. I think Man United are within their rights to pay it. Oh yeah, that'd be sure. about that'd be about market value at the moment. I realise a lot of people are going to be in the comments going, "Oh, this is disgusting! It's too much money. Think of all the stuff." And I'm like, yeah, okay, I understand, but mm. this is the entertainment industry, and they uh, charge the amounts that they are worth because the club is making bank. The club is making lots of money. I mean, it's probably the, a bad thing these days with all the banks failing. Of course, anyway. they they can United can afford to pay them half a million a week. That's let's be honest, um, and I think they might might well do. It was interesting that he that he. Was it, your, was it you saying, Colum, about Rashford's injury, the international break? No, I, I, thought, I, saw, I, heard, I thought I saw someone talking about the fact that he was injured. and Some people were suggesting, you know, he probably needed this time regardless. Well, he was, was in New York, York, York hanging yeah. out, wasn't Garrett he? Garrett to address that, yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. But he, he, no, he, he played it down, you know, he said. Yeah. Rashford is unavailable, he's free to do what he wants in that time. Fair he's enough. In New York. It's just not a great look, I suppose, if you're trying to get him. But, but it's better luck than, you see, Alejandro Garnacho the other day got a bit of stick for... What's the, the the laughing gas, is it? Nitrous oxide? Oh, yes. So, I don't know why young footballers get involved in this nitrous oxide stuff, but like he was just sitting in his car. It's not like he was off in, in Marbella in a bar taking it. It was like, ah, Alejandro, you're in your car, man. Yeah, he just needs to relax in a yeah, highly pressurised environment. Chill out, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but Rashford, Rashford to me is funny. So another year to go on the contract... Mm. Like you said, Shane, if he was on about that already, this wouldn't even be a story. It's like half a million. That's probably about right. He's United's best striker. And then, but I always think of Rashford. I'm not quite sure about where his status lies 
for certain. Yeah. I don't know if he's world class. I've never really, oh, he is never really fell down on either side. I thought the criticism he got last season was probably over the top because he was just one of many who was in a malaise. But with Rashford, I find the one thing I, I really admire about him is his finishing ability yeah. and it, the the assuredness that he strikes off his right foot and it's almost always low and hard into the bottom corners like Robbie Fowler said he always said that it wasn't about uh, necessarily hitting as hard as he can it was just precision and he's precision with a little bit of kind of Alan Shearer type power that's great he's very good at cutting in from the left hand side but oftentimes he can get he's really quiet like he can be pretty anonymous and I just uh, I'm not quite sure in the pantheon of great modern strikers, where he lies, I think. I think this season he has proved he only and only this season he has proved he's world class. Like, can we? Can we? Can we just have a quick moment? What do you mean by world class? Uh, as in, well, so he he will tell. He's not an unpredictable footballer. He's no, very predictable. no, no. You answer the question. Yeah, he, he know, like what he, he will show what, a defender what, what he's going to do and then do it. No, but that sorry, the the descriptor world class means something different to everybody. Specifically, if you're if you're up, to, I think if you're towards uh, the top end of the Premier League goal scoring charts at the end of a season, that would make you a world class footballer. Okay, so you you mean in like the top tier of footballers in the world in their position is what you mean? Yeah, and that that tier. How how big a tier is it? There's there's maybe. There are maybe 20 strikers, I would say, that are world-class. Okay, well, this is a completely different definition from most people mm. when it comes to world-class. Most people, when they say world-class, there's a world 11 picked, he's in the team. Right, yeah. That's what, uh, That's what. like, now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but uh, a lot of people, and I, I've come to accept that everybody else agrees with that and so that's for I, I would have said he's in that tier of strikers who, if you're picking a team and you're subbing somebody in and out, they're at, they're at a similar level. So if you're picking a team of, of world players, he's not in that first 11. He isn't. Like, you know, there are there are players who are ahead of him, but he's getting very close to it at this stage. I would say... This well, season, if he does this next season and his back-to-back seasons, you'd be like, okay, but he's I, not he's I not Haaland. world-class is a player who is so clearly above all those around him. And there are very few. And that, for me, is the definition of world-class. So for how, example, how Kylian Mbappe the other day at the Aviva was very, very quiet, as Kenny Cunningham says, who was that guy wearing the Mbappe jersey, right? Yeah. But do you remember that one time when he got the ball in the first half and he yeah. destroyed Ireland's defence? Yeah. That's what I would consider world-class. So how many of those players are there in the world? At any one, at any one time, are you... Is it a, it's a, a malleable number. Handful. Because most people, I, most people have this ridiculous notion that there are. Oh, there, you can only say like three or four. There's only three or four footballers in the world that are world class. But that, I think that's ridiculous. A, any footballer who, and granted, in, in an industry with a lot of money, is offered or there's discussion around him maybe making half a million pounds sterling a yeah. week to do what he does. That that means you're world class at what you do. Well, there's a few people in the comments here questioning the legitimacy of him beyond half a million. He's not quite there yet. Um, I would look. Also, by the way, when I think of world class, I unfairly think of attacking players all the time, final yeah. third players, which is unfair because if you're a goalkeeper, how are you supposed to stand out above the rest? But we saw that when Alison Becker makes a fool of hard shots at him. Yeah. Or, team, or Ederson. Courtois. Courtois or Courtois, yeah. as we saw. You can't have three goalkeepers league. who are world class. You can only have one. That's the thing. In the team, it's, it's like you're, you're picking nits, right? Well, is Ederson... Is Ederson um, a world-class player who can't get into his national side, like, is, is he one of the very few? I'd have, I'd, personally, I prefer Edison to Alisson. But his distribution is... It's, it's so important. Yeah. yeah. Now, look, uh, uh, Alisson's very good. As we said, we're, we're picking it. Look, I, I think that um, 
Rashford is in the top tier this season and I this is a complete turnaround obviously at the start of the year I was like sell him cash in absolutely at this stage if, if Paris Saint-Germain want to pay you 45-50 million you've got to take that money because it looks like he's never going to fulfil his potential and then this year he's exploded mm. so it just goes to show you what a good manager can do and I think Man United needs to spend the money and go this is the most important thing we have and also from a bargaining position if you look around at the other striking options that Manchester United currently have they have somebody they can't pick they have a guy on loan who isn't really uh, top tier Champions League Premier Premier League class in Veghorst they have an injury prone striker who was on loan and then gets back in and is, is, uh, is injured as soon as he gets back in the team and that's it Mm-hmm. It's Marcus Rashford after that. Am I missing anybody? But he's taking on the mantle. Like, you know, imagine Rashford wasn't playing well this season, given the the uh, ills and travails that you've mentioned there. That, that, like, if he continues to score goals between now and the end of the season, and say United hypothetically win the FA Cup in the Europa League, get top four, and they've already secured the Carabao Cup. Yeah. So if he if he with his goals helps leads them to three trophies in a top four finish, that would be an unbelievable season. That's all hypothetical, but I mean. Sorry, Jerry, did, you, well, did you mention Anthony Martial there in your list of strikers? He was you, the injury prone. Yeah, the injury prone, yeah. yeah. I, um, I often can't split those two players in ability throughout the years at United. Now, I'm not talk- obviously talking about this season where Rashford's clearly ahead and Martial's just not around. And I'm very surprised Martial came back to the club after his loan spell at Sevilla last yeah, season. Which was it was a- really surprising to see him back. Yeah. But uh, throughout the years, very similar players in my mind. And that's another reason for Rashford. I just can't really? quite see him sticking out. Yeah, I think they're very similar levels of so ability and you, very similar type of players. You watch way more of Manchester United than I do. I don't see every single second of every single game. But I've never seen Martial put in the level of consistency or even the explosiveness and and the close ball control that Rashford has or, or the effectiveness. Like, Rashford understands he's really fast and has and has an ability and Martial still seems to be figuring out what it is that he's good at mm. and I think there's a vast difference between their effectiveness maybe Martial has similar levels of potential but I still haven't seen that so I would have said that like one is, is, a, is a clear failure and has been for a long period of time whereas even when Rashford wasn't getting in the team and Mourinho was saying he's not ready for it there would be glimpses where you'd be like holy shit this guy could be explosive yeah know? like Everyone remembers uh, Martial's start to his Manchester United career, that famous goal against Liverpool at Old Trafford. And a few seasons ago, he's at Stamford Bridge and a, a, like a lovely kind of close control finish in a very yeah, high-pressurised yeah. game. So the close control thing I disagree with slightly and that I think his technique is very good. The problem with Martial is that he's more than happy to be anonymous. More than happy. And, and you know, it doesn't seem to really... Is he as well? Yeah. He, he has been... I don't know. I don't know. But he, that, I think, he's improved in that regard. I think his language style betrays the fact that he actually does work quite hard. And he has a kind of... Uh, See, Berbatov had the language style. But, but I think Martial is more, is more lazy than Berbatov. Now, he's, he's definitely improved under Ten Hag, because you, you have to. But I think when he... There's talked from Ten Hag this week that he might be back in for the Newcastle game on Sunday. Mm. He, but he, they're not going to rush him back. So if he, if he, if he, over the coming days, doesn't make it, he doesn't make it. But I think he comes straight back into the team in front of Veghorst in that central position. Yeah, yeah. And you play Rashford at the left. Straight in for Veghorst. Like, there's no question. Sorry, and just on Martial, like, I'd have uh, absolutely... No problem with him leaving the club. Like I think his time is done at United. But if you look at the stats here, um, for the most Premier League goals scored between the two of them, they're actually level, would you believe, in terms of for a single season. So in 2019-20, Martial scored 17 Premier League goals. And that, at the time of speaking, is Rashford's top scoring as well. He's going he's gonna he's gonna to surpass that this season, 14 already. Yeah. But... Um, they actually scored the same amount in the same season. So I can't, I, I, throughout the years, I've always thought they're very similar in terms of so where they stand in the United hierarchy. 
Okay, well, in in that instance, then you don't actually think he's worth paying the half a million a week to because you could pay that half a million a week to somebody else, and like you would be getting a world class striker at that price. Well, Harry Kane and Victor Osman, how much money are they going are they going to want? Probably something similar, surely. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean that the half a million like that it wouldn't bother me at all if that's what Rashford was on. No. I mean he's like he's scoring the goals. I I just think like I don't correlate half a million a week with necessarily having to be world class. That's the clubs are going to play who they think their most important players are. Well, I, I, I think it's a different discussion about I, I, the world-class status. Yeah, in a way, Personally. right? But they did massively overpay Alexis Sanchez, which ruined the dressing room uh, economics. And they all compare, like... Um, okay, yeah, but that year is behind the club. Well, you know, they're moving on from that. And that, like, that was a massive mistake. Like, the whole thing was an unmitigated disaster. But, it, I, I, but that's the past. Well... Mm. I'm not sure. Uh, it's very easy to fall back into that, you know. Oh, the, totally. the, the, yeah, circus, a- the circus is always just beneath the surface at Manchester United, as Roy Keane pointed out. Um, and so, I don't know. I think that like there, there is a big decision to make. Personally, I'd pay the money at this stage because he seems to be worth it. But equally, if they decide that they're going to cash in and there's like 100 million on the table from Paris Saint-Germain or Real Madrid, you're like, yeah, OK, we'll take that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know. They're not in a bad situation here. Um, uh, he's a win show boy. I don't, I don't think he'll want to leave Manchester United is the point. It, it, if he doesn't get the money he wants, uh, and look, he's denied that wanting the half a million, but he'll probably get it. Like... Maybe he takes four seventy five. Maybe yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. That's what I mean by this because he's come out tonight the story. So this is not true at all, and that could very well end up him getting the money or something close to linked it. to it or close to it. He may take a lead chain out of a former Manchester United greats book, oh. like Mark Hughes in the nineteen eighties, and Ooh. go abroad for a couple of years, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, and return to the club. It's a bit of a hero. If I was Rashford representatives, I'd be really encouraging that. Uh, go abroad, it, really? Yeah, I think I think he would clean up abroad. Here's what's coming up between now and 10 o'clock. Shabana Hearn is going to talk to us about Arsenal's victory last night, the latest with Katie McCabe as well. Stuart Byrne's going to join us today, 25, to preview the weekend's League of Ireland action and to talk about the news that Virgin Media are going to show uh, Rovers and Bowes. Sports News with Colin Lally at 845. Connor Moore is this week's episode of You Had to Be There, aka Connor Sketches, and uh, Dan McDonald, I think, putting a tin hat on the Ireland situation, but I'm not entirely mm. sure because uh, uh, I missed the football show last night. But anyway, some other very quick things to talk about. Gary Breen is in the Indo and the Herald today and he's actually offering a fairly throaty defence of Stephen Kenny obviously saying that they still need results but um, very clearly saying this was different it felt measured controlled and disciplined for a team that was obviously well coached mm-hmm. there's no shame attached to such tactics despite misguided purists preaching otherwise we were resolute Tonight's base for Mbappe who himself was very different to World Cup Mbappe while regularly countering through the brilliant Chidoze Bene. And he he's, he disagrees with Kerr and disagrees with Martin O'Neill about the substitutes. He says he thinks that, and he said he called it in commentary, and that actually they were um, they appeared planned and thought out, not reactionary off the cuff. I called them in commentary prior to them happening, yet I didn't believe they were overdue. So he says it was just right, and I think ultimately um, this is the most supportive that we've seen any of that former crew who played under Mick McCarthy or played in the O'Neill era being of Stephen Kenny and it's just interesting because we're obviously involved we've all been aware of the culture war between um, those people who think that Stephen Kenny's doing the right thing and those people who think that uh, we should be you know uh, whatever whatever, whatever, however you want to phrase that you you know the end of that sentence and um, certainly I thought that Kerr went way too far I thought Damien Delaney went way too far um, and I think uh, Richard Dunn's kind of a bit in the middle I didn't see the full Richard Dunn interview now so I, I need to go back and watch that but um, they've definitely been uh, you would say critical of the performances 
and the results. Whereas, and, and so had Gary Breen up to this point, but it's like, uh, all right, uh, I can see what they're doing here. So, um, I don't know. It's just an interesting little uh, straw in the wind. I don't see how you can be critical of the performance the other night in any in any, in well, any way. Well, they didn't win fact. the game, Shane. Well, no, we didn't win the game, but the problem. performance. Yeah, if, if we get the goal at the end. Well, the performance goal. was the same as it's always been. You're just hoofing the ball forward to the big lad at the front yeah. in the last 10 minutes. I, I, that's I, what the argument is, yeah, right? Yeah, of course, yeah I, yeah. I mean, I disagree with that, but that's what people are saying. Well, I think what irks me about it is that they cited the result as being the problem. Oh, well, we lost. Yeah. It's like, probably the best side in the world against... A team, as we said yesterday, full of championship players. Yeah, it was almost a perfect like, game management. What do people expect? Like, yeah, yeah. It, apart, like if Josh Cullen doesn't pass that ball across his own box, if Nathan Collins' header goes in, which it yeah. would nine and a half times out of ten, the like, entire conversation. I, I'm very frustrated by that analysis of it. I was interested to hear it for sure, but mm. I really, we have this like the cheek of us, like to expect that we are going to compete with this France side. Yeah. Literally like just that we should be getting a result and it should be at home. I like I know losing at home is not a good look and we may lose to regret it. But uh, like uh, lads, look at the current squad like if we lose to Greece, the conversation's different. I get that about oh, Stephen Kenny. Greece aren't the bad side either. No, they're not, but we, those are the games you need to be winning to or, or getting a point from away to, to have a, a serious, you know, tilt at a at a qualification. If we lose a game where we play really well and there's a mistake or there's a bad refereeing decision and, and there's still a pattern of play emerging and, yeah. and we then, like we're not, until we're out of this group and until we're, we can't no longer qualify for the Euros, you've got to continue to see signs of progress. We saw signs of progress the other night, like um, we can't get too carried away because we have seen these one-off performances before. I agree with Gary Breen that I think there's a significant difference in this one and that there was a structure, there was a plan, we're not desperately hoofing the ball away anytime we get it we actually created one of our best chances from a moment of significant danger like in commentary I think Darman was like oh this is a bit dangerous and then all of a sudden Paul's down the far end and if Knight just gets a shot away I think if Knight's playing at a higher level he gets a shot away but Griezmann gets the block and <clears throat> anyway sorry he's also blood and players but the fact that the last international window the Armenia game and was it Portugal or whoever we played Will Smallbone and Mikey Johnston were two names that weren't even close to discussion and now all of a sudden people are like should they start do you know, so there's players coming in constantly. Every single window, he seems to bring in a player or two, which is brilliant. So, going from not strength to strength, but certainly I'm more optimistic than I, than I would have been, maybe in advance of the France game. OTBIM with Gillette Labs got the ultimate shave or your money back neon night edition available now. We need to talk about the um, the Hall of Fame too. I was talking about this in terms of GA and how he should have just put a bit of time and effort into getting it up and running, and it should mean something in the Premier League because it's a Premier League Hall of Fame. Is it somehow? <clears throat> does it matter less? Mm. Are you, is this important? Ferguson and Wenger are the two managers who've just been in and Ferguson is there pictured in the official photograph pointing yeah. at his watch smiling. Because like, <laughs> that's that's the the typical look. It's like, hey, hey, look. <laughs> no, it was like, um, and the Wenger is doing his I've just been sent off pose, which is kind of interesting. Have, have you seen Ferguson's acting debut, the Wrexham? No. The Wrexham ad. So uh, yesterday or the day before, Wrexham and Manchester United announced a pre-season friendly in California to, yeah in California of course and uh, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds in a video they're basically acting out a, a Zoom call with Alex Ferguson which is very very funny and Ferguson acts quite well in it I think he only has one speaking line but uh, it's very well done but yeah Ferguson he's, he's mellowed he's 81 yeah yeah he acts quite well that's interesting I remember Jer when we were talking about Saipan last summer. You're not supposed to remember stuff that we've said. Well, Colin, no, that's one no, of the well, rules. Well, 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 this is a good <clears> one <throat> for you. Uh, you were saying, do you remember when Roy Keane did those spate of ads 
at the oh, turn yeah. of the century. In the gladiator outfit yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And I was I was saying at the time on. like Oh yeah, that one too. Can you imagine uh, the producer director saying to Roy, No, Roy, what we want you to do is this, you know, and start acting and then you were saying Jerry was like, No, Roy King's an actor, like he wants he he appreciates art. Yeah. He wants to get involved in this. And also very coachable. And Ferguson, mm. you were saying Shay, he's a good actor. And these two are just so similar. Tina Ferguson. They'll ne- they have never ending similarities, these two. Seemingly uh, hard nuts to crack, but if you really get into the right spirit of them, they're actually very creative and open to the arts. Yeah, I do think Roy Keane's a far better, more engaging pundit than Ferguson was. He's funnier, he's got a better sense of comic timing. Ferguson, slightly better manager. You'd have to say, <laughs> yeah. going out on a limb here, he's a better manager. For, I, I don't Ferguson had very little punditry. True, yeah. When he because was, he's no good at it. When he was an active manager. Was Euro 96, I think. I'd love if anyone in the comments could tell me when was uh, Alex Ferguson a pundit on TV when he was an active manager and I think it was Euro 96 and BBC was the last time right Jesus I think it just wouldn't be as like because he's not even a coach he's a, he's a manager of, of people mm. essentially but you, you know? would think he'd have a fascinating insight yeah this is I don't want this to sound like a morbid thought it's not necessarily a morbid thought but part of me and look hopefully touch wood Alex Ferguson has many more years left on this planet but I would love before he shuffles off this mortal coil I would love Alex Ferguson and Roy Keane to meet up, have a dinner, a couple of drinks, reminisce. Wasn't that all a bit mad? And maybe put up a little photograph together with a smile. Like it would just be, it would just be nice, you know. Because I don't want it to. I, someday we're going to wake up with the, to the unfortunate news that Alex Ferguson is no longer with us. And when that happens, I, I'd like to think you, you 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 put everything behind you. Do you know? Roy Keane and him should should have a little get together. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's not. But like Homer Simpson has a line about uh, oh, and then we can all go and live in La La Land. That's like uh, well, well done, Shane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. It'd what, just be what would you prefer? To timeline see? cleanser. A reunion of Alex Ferguson and Roy Keane, or Noel Gallagher and Liam Gallagher. Oh, both. I mean, both. And what would you prefer? Well, that's that's family. That that's even they got it. <coughs> I mean, if you fall out of family, you gotta you gotta sort that out, you know. So both actually, yeah, both. Be brilliant. What's more likely to happen? <laughs> Probably the, the Oasis one, I think. Oh, definitely. There's yeah. a lot of money involved, right? And um, your man just got divorced, or is getting divorced, right? No, I got divorced. There, there you go. go. He's uh, like, all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, I get Liam to call my people. But imagine, now, all of a sudden, he's up for it. Imagine Netflix got on to Roy and, and Alex. Well, that was Lance, next- here is a large sum of money. Well, that's where I was going with this. What would it take <laughs> to get Ferguson and Keane back? The two most stubborn people oh, in sport too, history. Yeah, they're too stubborn. Is there anything? No. Anything uh, that will uh, enable those two to go in the same room. Uh, yeah. Also, what's fascinating to me yeah. is that they're often in the same place. A lot, a lot of things Viking can... Like and Old Trafford together an awful lot. Constantly. A lot of things can bring motivation, uh, which which we've seen before. Wasn't there a horse involved at some point? Wasn't there? Wasn't Possibly. there? Wasn't that? Throughout all started. A very, very important part of yeah. Manchester United's That's history. Throughout all started. And that wasn't about like, uh, oh, I love seeing my colours in the parade ring. Oh, that's great. It was about horse semen. That's what that was all about. The gallons and gallons and gallons. It turned out not to be very valuable horse semen. For anyone watching up to BN this morning, if you had, if you had gallons of horse semen on your on your bingo card for this morning, take it off. Uh, right. Enjoy your breakfast. Does the Hall of Fame matter? Was the original point. I do think that, like uh, when Keane was talking recently after the League Cup win and the defeat, was it immediately after? I can't even remember what, when was. What, what did they? Was hmm? it the Cup game that they got beaten in? When did they perform absolutely abysmally in, in the 7-0 this season? Which? Was it 7-0? Was there something else after that? 
Anyway, Keen was talking about the the, um, the soap opera is always just below the circus is always just there, and he'd be a little bit concerned about it. That was was it after the seven because he was on he was on that night. He was yeah yeah. It could have been that night yeah. But Ferguson's greatest achievement was managing to kill the circus, <laughs> like chop it from wherever it needed to be, and uh, that's why when you're making the point that um, that the banter bus era is over, it isn't. It isn't. It's it's always just one step away. Like Bayern Munich had the FC Hollywood thing, and then eventually they managed to uh, fix that. And a lot of the people who are architects of that turned out not to be great people, and the the law caught up with them. Yeah. So, like, it's it's very difficult to manage something like this properly to get to a point where you're harvesting trophies and and um, maybe that's Pep's greatest achievement is managing to keep all those egos intact with all the billions that he's had um, at his advantage but I do think that like we probably underestimate that part of Ferguson and of course he should be in the Hall of Fame I just wonder does it matter uh, yeah I, I saw the Sky Sports News yellow bar ticker yesterday afternoon I was like what's this everyone's leaning over yeah and then I saw Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger inducted into the Hall of Premier League Hall of Fame I, thought, I thought that happened about 10 yeah, years will, ago yeah. like, so it doesn't really it's just a formality like everyone understands that that's where we're going yeah. thank you Jonathan Kennedy for answering my question the year after Newcastle blew the league to Man U ITV had Ferguson and Keegan on together for the Euros yeah. so I do think that was the last time so, uh, also Spectacor you've had your coffee this morning you are all over these comments man just looking at Spectacor the whole time <laughs> sorry very briefly the, uh, you mentioned the GA should have a Hall of Fame who's, who's your first three they, they do they do they, they do, do have one they, yeah exactly well, yeah, but there's I mean. the thing um, well I, I think you can't have a first three you've got to have a first 150 yeah right? sorry yeah and, that, and you just get everybody in at the start and then every year it becomes a thing so in the NFL I think there's a seven or eight year window where you can't be inducted and then you become eligible for the first time and then there's first ballot Hall of Famers who get in and that's why it, and because they've been doing it for so long and because it's such an American thing it obviously it does matter and it's a way of it's a way of getting your Park G songs into the Hall of Fame and everybody goes yeah that's actually really that really well nice. deserved by the way you know I'm, I, I'm, this really matters to me um, <clears throat> in a way that <clears throat> like it's just it's just different and they tried to get it going and I, I don't know if it's still there or not but um, so like obviously you've got to go back historically and get all your Sean Purcells and uh, Christy and, Rings in there yeah exactly and but you just do that and like and then you, you there's a content series off the back of that and, and then you can get to your Conor McManus's Eventually, I did. I did see somebody else doing a, a Mount Rushmore the other day. I was like, "What? That's a great idea. That's <laughs> yeah. an excellent idea. Nice. I like it. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we didn't invent it. No, of course. We, like, I'm not saying we invented it, but like, it's a little bit America invented. It's a little bit. Yeah, wasn't it? I, no, anyway, didn't, whatever. Didn't, yeah. Didn't Trump try and get his, his name, his face as the fifth one? I think he poached. He, pro- he broached the idea. So maybe some people can get onto us, and if there's a sports person Who in Trump? County, Trump was. Uh, I think he broached the idea of getting that. Judd, Judd Trump, the snooker player. <laughs> yeah. I really could see the Donald. Uh, sorry, that. Donald. Trump, yeah, it was Donald. Yeah, Donald Trump. Uh, you got distracted by Spectacor again, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I was too uh, producing. All right, very good. Yeah, we're not doing part teachers video here, are we? Well, I don't think so. Okay, great. <laughs> it's uh, it's eight <laughs> OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.